Now prior to our readings, I share these words with you. Dear friends in Christ, let us now listen attentively to the word of God, recalling how he saved his people throughout history and in the fullness of time sent his own son to be our redeemer. And so now we await the words of the scripture. The scripture reading today is taken from Isaiah, chapter 65, verses 17 to 25, and it's printed in your bulletin if you wish to follow along. For I am about to create new heavens and a new earth. The former things shall not be remembered or come to mind, but be glad and rejoice forever in what I am creating for I am about to create Jerusalem as a joy and its people as a delight. I will rejoice in Jerusalem and delight in my people. No more shall the sound of weeping be heard in it or the cry of distress. No more shall there be in it an infant that lives but a few days or an old person who does not live out a lifetime. For one who dies at a hundred years will be considered a youth, and one who falls short of a hundred will be considered accursed. They shall build houses and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and eat their fruit. They shall not build and another inhabit. They shall not plant and another eat. For like the days of a tree shall the days of my people be, and my chosen shall long enjoy the work of their hands. They shall not labor in vain or bear children for calamity, for they shall be offspring blessed by the Lord and their descendants as well. Before they call, I will answer. While they are yet speaking, I will hear. The wolf and the lamb shall feed together. The lion shall eat straw like the ox, but the serpent, its food shall be dust. They shall not hurt or destroy on all my holy mountain, says the Lord. The gospel reading is taken from Luke chapter 12, verses 22 to 32. He said to his disciples, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or about your body, what you will wear. For life is more than food and the body is more than clothing. Consider the ravens, they neither sow nor reap. They have neither storehouse nor barn, and yet God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? And can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your span of life? If then you are not able to do so small a thing as that, why do you worry about the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow, they neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not clothed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, you of little faith? And do not keep striving for what you are to eat 
and what you are to drink, and do not keep worrying. For it is the nations of the world that strive after all these things, and your Father knows that you need them. Instead, strive for his kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. Do not be afraid, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Word of the Lord. Now we're going to sing number 642, O Master, let me walk with thee, 642. I chose that second reading, not necessarily that I'm going to speak on it today, but the concluding line is one that I would bid you to listen to every week when we gather here. Fear not, little flock, for it is the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. In a couple of weeks, the reign of Christ Sunday 
we'll think more about the kingdom and what that promise means. Let us pray. God, give us a clear vision of the truth, faith in your power, and confident assurance of your love. Amen. This sermon is not about remembrance in the traditional sense of the word in, as in last Sunday and Monday's observances. It's not about remembrance, but it's about remembering and how a person's thinking can change from age six to 60. It was actually at about age eight that memories are now clearly defined. Uh, up until that time, there are some scraps of memory, but it was from the age of eight on that there is a steady flow of exciting memories, memories of airplanes over our village and troop trains and large convoys of army trucks and equipment going by our farm on the post road in Petticodiac. You see, it was the beginning of World War II. But I'm not thinking today about the war, but how one's thinking can change over the years. At the age of eight, on that particular year, there was a lot of excitement. There was a, a lot that would, that would be almost entertaining to a young child living in a peaceful country and where there was a lot of activity. As I said, airplanes uh, from Moncton, where thousands of airmen came from all over the British Commonwealth. There was also excitement because Camp Sussex was in the other direction and there were thousands of soldiers there in a staging area who would be eventually loaded onto a troop train and go through our village of Petticodiac. There were long convoys, sometimes 50 or 75 vehicles going down the road. For an eight-year-old, you see, all of that was exciting. There was a foundry, the Waterbury Foundry, uh, that uh, suddenly became a beehive of activity because there was a contract for some top secret piece of submarine equipment that was going to be manufactured there. And that meant newcomers to the village. I remember Frank Day and Guy Edney because they were great ball players and they had a ball team. Frank Lawson from Lawson Motors in St. John appeared as the superintendent. And there was a Mr. Story direct from England who came to oversee the entire operation. And then 
there was a Mr. Swan, a retired United Church minister. He was an Englishman, and he came to speak to us on the subject of, of being a real Britisher. In those days, uh, we were uh, informed and taught that we were members of the British Empire and that we were British subjects. So there were all these things that were uh, exciting to a young child. I remember we drove to Fredericton to visit the relatives who had just moved into uh, the rectory, uh, 245 Westmoreland Street. Uh, it was a four-hour drive in those days, over gravel roads, some paved roads, a ferry ride or two, and it seemed to take forever. And then we had the return home on the same day. Now it takes about an hour and a quarter. But one thing I remember from perhaps that first trip to Fredericton were cannons uh, along the river, pointing outward over the river. And of course, soldiers training uh, at the exhibition grounds, the place where normally horses are trained, but these were soldiers being trained. And of course, the songs, we'll meet again, don't know where, don't know when. There'll be bluebirds blue over the white cliffs of Dover. Gracie Fields, wish me luck as I go on my way. And of course, a song that we, we still sing sometimes at Golden Club, Lily Marlene. All of these added up to excitement for a child. It was almost as if with what little we knew, war was exciting. But now here's how things change. At around the age of 60, I went to Holland with a male choir that I had joined in Ottawa. Half of our members had come from Holland in the 1950s, and we went over there to sing in each of their hometowns. And I conducted memorial services at two Canadian cemeteries, so well and meticulously kept up by Dutch children. Cemeteries at a place called Grosbeek, another uh, at Holton. Thousands and thousands of little white crosses with names and dates, row on row. And as I walked along those rows, the thing that took my eye and grabbed my emotions were that at least half were 20 years of age a few even younger than that. 20 years of age, why uh, younger than my grandchildren are now. And it caused me then to see war not as exciting, not as a game, but something that was simply sad. Very, very sad. But I want you to remember the concluding line of the Isaiah reading. 
where it said the wolf and the lamb shall feed together. A metaphor for a, a child's enjoyment and excitement alongside the adult profound sadness at the horror and the suffering. It's all there, you see, the wolf and the lamb. And that is the goal, the prayer that we have, that after all the horror, even the horror that we hear of in our present day, there is that promise of God's presence and blessing and using the metaphor of the wolf and the lamb feeding together. Keeping all that in mind, let us pray. O oh God, lead us from death to life, from falsehood to truth. Lead us from despair to hope, from fear to trust. Lead us from hate to love, and from war to peace. Let your peace fill our hearts and our world and even our universe. <coughs> Hear our prayer. Hear our cry, O Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Very stirring words. I use them sometimes at funerals. When he shall come with trumpet sound, O oh, may I then in him be found. When all around my soul gives way, he then is all my hope and stay. On Christ, the solid rock, I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. If you take nothing else away from here today, take those words and make them a part of your experience. <laughs>